The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. Chulo. Today is Sunday, March 22nd, 2015, and I'm your host, Poppy Chulo. Listeners, please welcome to One on One with Poppy Chulo fan favorite adult industry performer, Mo Johnson. Welcome back to the station, Mo. It's been a minute since we've had you on. It's, it's been a while, man. Time, time flies. Time flies. I agree, man. Ridiculously fast. But uh, I'm so glad that we have you on now because in the time since we've done the original interview with you here on the station, so much has changed for you. Your career has literally been skyrocketing. It's been an incredible career for you, so I'm really excited to chat with you about it. So let's start off, though, by getting some stats out the way. I always typically like to start off these one-on-one interviews by getting stats out the way because for the most part, the listeners... You know, your fans out there that are tuning in, they haven't had the chance to see you in person. They only get to to see you, well, you know, in the various ways that they get to see your scenes and, and the films that you're in, whether it's on TV, computer, mobile devices. So what's your height and weight? Um, right now, I'm actually at my, my goal weight, which is uh, about 190. And um, my height is around 5'11". What's your ethnicity? I'm African-American. I'm American descent. <laughs> there you go. What's your zodiac sign? Scorpio. A lot is making sense now. <laughs> I'm a natural, I guess. Huh? <laughs> I believe it. And how old are you? I'm 33. Awesome, man. So let's fill the listeners in on how long you've been in the adult industry. Um, well, I've been in the industry... Um, as of January 9th, I think was the first time I actually did a scene. So I started in Jan- January 9th, uh, 2009. So like this, this recent year has begun my sixth year in the industry. Um, and then, you know, three years I spent in New York and now this is the beginning of, you know, my third year in LA. Congratulations, man. It's been it's it's definitely been a journey, you know, and and I I, I admit I've loved every minute of it. It has been one roller coaster ride after another, and I'm still holding on. Absolutely, man, you've got that seatbelt on tight. <laughs> okay, so right. 
Yeah, man. So for those that didn't tune into our original interview here on the station, which was actually in October of 2012, can you briefly like give the listeners sort of like a Cliff Notes version of how you got into the business? Okay. I remember, I remember last time we, I, I explained it, I only like, kind of went into one part. Um, I mean, I don't know how, how long you, you know, you log these in, what you can go back or not. Yes. So basically, Check out, uh, poppychularadio.com forward slash archives. Check it out. So, and, um, you know, the first time we spoke, you know, um, you, you even said my story has sounded very similar to, uh, Lexington Stills story as far as, um, you know, working in the corporate environment mm-hmm. working at Wall Street. And that was more the end of the road, like you know, like I originally uh, started. You know, as a teenager, I worked as an intern uh, for a marketing company that was, you know, directly dealt with the music industry. So that kind of gave me more of a, a, a growth and a wide scale view of different markets and you know different genres all over America. Because, like I said, most people, you know, they grow up young and they're they're in the hood or they're in a nice neighborhood. But I actually had the luxury, now that I look back on it, of traveling to some of the poorest areas in America and, you know, handing out formal items or, you know, being with the artists as a liaison and, you know, having that direct feel to the actual consumers. So that kind of always gave me that, um, you know, kind of that lane to where I'm always comfortable with expressing myself or being more of a people's person opposed to being more of a, a bougie person who's just, you know, don't talk to me, you know, I'm special. So I kind of had that broken from me early to be more humble, you know, from the start. But um, like I, said, I, done, I did that um, until probably 2001 um, when, I, when I graduated high school, I was already, you know, basically set up to be a vice president of the company. And um, I obtained that title. I carried that title for about three years. And um, I was able to work with some of the biggest, um, you know, artists at that time mm-hmm. in, the, in the music industry. So, you know, that, that was kind of where the seed was planted. Because, like, you know, people that don't know how the, how the, how the porn industry goes, it's almost the same as meeting a girl at a club, you know, having a one-night stand, and then you never see them again. Because, you know, half the girls that you work with, you know, you don't know them personally prior to shooting with them, you know, and then you have to perform like you're the lovers for forever to give a good scene. But then I said, when it's over, it's business. You know, some of these girls are married, they have families, you know, you don't cross that personal business line, you know. So that kind of set the platform for me to kind of be able to grasp the whole concept of doing porn mentally. Um, as, as I left doing that marketing, um, I went to college to get my degree in marketing. And, you know, being 19, well, at that time, I, think I was 20, I was 22 when I went to college. So at 22, having that experience of traveling and meeting people and dealing with girls and groupies and all kinds of stuff on the road, you know, I kind of earned the gift of gab. So I was never really a shy guy and you know, I would always have sex with a lot of the, you know, girls on campus and then it got to a point where, you know, I came with this idea of, you know, maybe 
I want to do porn. And, um, you know, from that point, um, I was able to kind of fish it out, being from New York, not really being in L.A. where, you know, obviously porn is known for. It was more of a journey that I had to go through from the bottom up. So I was able to, you know, find a director that was doing amateur porn, um, very, very small, but locally, you know, had still had DVDs in the stores and such and such. And a mutual friend had introduced us and, you know, he told him, you know, my boy want to do porn. Can you, you know, put him on? So with him, it became like a, a battle thing because of me having um, college knowledge, you know, he got the impression that, oh, you know, you, you want to do it all. So long story short, we made a bet over a basketball game and I won the game. So he said, I'll shoot you with a porn, but you have to do it my way. So he decided that we were going to shoot this porn on a subway train in New York while it was in service, six o'clock in the morning before everybody started going to work. Um, he told me if I can make it and I can survive doing that, doing that under that type of pressure and those conditions, then I'm, I have what it takes to become a porn star. So I rose to occasion, um, you know, it took us about an hour. We, we rode the train almost into Manhattan and back and we filmed the scene and, you know, he put the scene up um, on YouTube at that time. He's talking around 2005 where the internet wasn't really as advanced as it is now as far as censorship and everything else. So the video actually didn't start off like a porn and people was caught on to it. And it gave me that viral slash kind of outrageous um, status in doing porn because nobody really was doing anything like that at the time. So... I went back to school and everything was cool for me, you know, finishing out, getting my degree. Um, you know, Thanksgiving comes uh, later that year. And I guess one of my little cousins seen it, told one of my older cousins, and then she told the big mouth cousin. And next year I know, Thanksgiving, I have about seven of my aunts. My father's there, my sister's there. And my cousin just comes out and starts ripping me up about the scene on the train. And I'm like, wow. So, you know, at that point, I really didn't, you know, do anything that was major, but it had got almost 500,000 views because of the way that it was presented, you know, to the audience. So from there, I didn't shoot porn for a while because my family found out. And um, when, I, when I graduated college, um, I went right into working into the corporate market and stuff like that, like I was telling you last time. And then... As, as all those jobs kind of started fizzling down, I still had a large amount of income left that I saved. So I said, you know, I have money, I have everything I want, you know, I, I'm, I'm paying on this house, you know, I'm paying mortgage, blah, blah. Let me try going after my dream again. And um, I shot um, a couple of scenes for Buck, uh, Buck Brothers Films when they was doing Hood Hunter um, in New York City. And he seen the potential of me and he began to put me into his main rotation. And then I ran into another company that also seen the potential. And then he put me as his main go-to guy because of the size. And then that's where the birth of the actual name, uh, Mo the Monster, had came into play. You know, but uh, like, like throughout that point in time, you know, I was still only doing, you know, um, maybe two to three scenes a month, but I was still dealing with the whole underground 
sex element of the porn, well, not really porn, but of just the uh, sex business in general in New York. Like at that time, New York was known for having a lot of underground parties, like the Brain Fest, stuff like that. Um, and I was able to go in those type of events and I would just disguise myself as a regular customer. And then it got to a point where I would be the ringer. So they would have a contest and you're talking, you know, times anywhere from 40 to a hundred guys plus strippers, you know, and everybody's right there in one room. And, you know, if you cannot perform, then there's no show. So I became the guy that would be the secret contestant to always be ready. So it helped, it helped me now looking, you know, looking back to it, it actually helped me, um, be, be get focused or what they say, have tunnel vision to be able to have mind over matter. And this is before, you know, pills or anything else, but just being able to focus, block everybody out and perform one-on-one with the girl like no one is in the room. So that was something that I was able to do for a couple of years in the mix of shooting, you know, scenes for some of these amateur or pro amateur companies in New York. And I mean, like I said, from there, everything else just kind of fell into place because of the consistency of me performing, um, you know, for all these companies and not messing up or not giving them a good scene that they can put out there. So my reputation started to grow. And then I linked up with my boy at the time, was uh, Johnny Swim. And then we was kind of like just running around New York, you know, shooting stuff and had girls coming to the house. And we was, you know, it, we just turned it into a big enterprise where we was able to bring over 26 girls in a matter of six months from L.A., Miami. Um, even one girl actually came all the way from Australia. And they would stay at my house and we would just shoot little, you know, POV scenes or, you know, joke around scenes, you know, girls hanging in the car or banging out in the car. We were doing the most outrageous stuff that we could think of because we had these girls around us 24-7. And it's like, you know, we're not just going to sit in the house and do nothing. Let's do something that's productive. So we always found ways to take advantage of the luxury of having all these girls around. And, you know, that just led into more and more stuff to, you know, uh, a company, uh, Hooflix, picking up some of that footage and licensing it um, through me and um, building a website around it. And then they, they used World Star Hip Hop as a marketing tool. And then it got 15 million views. And then I became almost like a hood hero um, in New York to where people would run up to me or run up to my car and they would notice me. So, you know, it kind of all just, kind of just fell right into play. Now, um, you know, right, like right, I think after, because when we spoke last time, it was like, I think a Halloween show. Mm-hmm. And then he was kind of, he was kind of playing off of the whole monster name because of Halloween, of course. And I remember I had seen you afterwards. I'm not sure if it was before or after, but I know I've seen you and I spoke to you. And you was it was before, it was at the horrible expo that uh, never uh, ended up happening again. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't even want to promote them. Oh, I remember, exactly. And, um, it was yeah, enough I, saying I the horrible was, expo. Yeah, I, I, I know it was down there. Uh, I know it was in Miami. That's how far we were. I know it was in Miami, and I know we had spoke. And you know, you was kind of asking like, "What's going to be my next step?" And I felt at that time I was ready, but I wasn't sure I was ready. You know, and I know, like in this industry, if you don't have your, you know, your mindset for this. You know, you can come out here and people will give you a chance, 
But if you blow it, that's it. You don't get too many chances to, you know, mess up because these guys have spent a thousand dollars, you know, these girls have schedules, this and that. So nobody wants to waste anybody's time. So, you know, me coming out here was more of a, a calculated thing, but I remember that it was like I had so much heat coming off of me from New York that a lot of the directors at that time, um, I know I was shooting for Club Butts a lot because he had a, a website that was, you know, constantly doing updates. But for the most part, a lot of the companies kind of started falling out. And I was just running around buying back my scenes from those companies because of the fact that they wasn't going to go anywhere with them, you know, not being up and running. So it was like, well, what am I going to do with all these scenes? And then what am I doing with my career? And people were asking me what's next. And, you know, I had the girlfriend in there with me. And, you know, she's like, okay, what are we doing? So it got to a point where it was like, you know what? I have to put up or shut up. You know, I was on Twitter all the time, you know, ranting and telling this. And I'm big dad and big dad. And I had the, the red tube, um, motormonster.com link. And, you know, I'm putting up all these videos and getting thousands and thousands of people watching this stuff for free. And it was just like, you know, the industry itself did not uh, fully recognize me at that time as being uh, a male performer because of the fact that I was not out here in L.A. So, I mean, I had to make that decision of put up or shut up. And, you know, I fell back on shooting in New York for uh, six months. Um, like I said, after that time, we did the interview, worked out, stayed focused. And then as the AVN uh, was approaching of um, 20, I think 2013, I was like, okay, I'm going. This is it. I'm going to go. And, um, you know, I, I had my house. Uh, I rented it out. I left my girl there to, you know, micromanage and make sure everybody paid the rent and kept, you know, kept the house clean and um, sold my Cadillac that I had. And I, I basically, I was on holiday leave at the time from my, from the job I was working part time. And I came out here, I, you know, I, I saved what I saved. I worked, you know, seven days a week. I took all the time, I did everything I could, saved as much money as I could because I said, I'm going to come out here to LA. I want to have two weeks or three weeks tops to figure out if this is going to work for me, if this is what I'm going to do. And, you know, I got tired of, you know, doubting myself. And, you know, I came out here to L.A. and I did, I did, I think, maybe five or six scenes um, for content and some for pay that first AVN. I didn't even go to the show. I didn't worry about the show or anything like that because previously I did go to the show and got to enjoy it with, uh, with a, a producer that shot me out there. Um, but this time it was like, no, I'm going here straight to try to make connections. And, you know, I did as much as I could in Vegas. And it was like, okay, now it's time to go to L.A. And, you know, I told a few people and they didn't believe me. They're like, yeah, okay, Mo, you know, everybody says yeah, they're coming to L.A. And then, you know, it's Hollywood talking, they never show up. But literally the day, the day that um, Alien ended, uh, a couple of my friends that was already from New York, they want, also wanted to come down there uh, to L.A. So... We all just hopped in the car, you know, I chipped in on the gas and we just hot-tailed down to Hollywood. And I mean, we, we, we stayed in, I think, some hotel in Woodland Hills for, for about a week. And we shot a couple of content scenes. Um, and I, I was fortunate enough to get a chance to get an audition scene off of Dogfight Network. And, you know, it wasn't even a situation where I was even having my face shown on camera. It was just a matter of me doing it like a glory hole. But it was like, you know, if, if you can get this done, 
then we can give you a chance to do something bigger. And, you know, as much drama and stuff that I had to go through as far as being in New York, you know, having the girls and, and being an agent and manager and innkeeper and driver and blah, 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 just because I had to do everything to make the wheels on the bus go round and round because it's not as um, structured as it is out here in LA. You know, for me to just walk on set and the girls are already there, I just gotta put my thing through the hole and that's it. And I mean, you know, 20 minutes later, it's over. It was like the scene went flawless. So from right there, you know, uh, um, Billy Watson, the director, was like, you know, um, I think this guy may have potential. So, you know, I, I sat back um, the rest of that first week and I hung out a couple of times. I had shot, I had shot a scene with um, Sarah Jacobs. She had, happened to actually been in the area because they said it was right after Asian. So I shot with her and um, Gemini Lavelle. And then I shot with Gemini and uh, Jaden Star. So I was getting, I was doing some, 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 some decent, you know, scenes right from the start. But it was really like L.A. wasn't really fully accepting me yet. You know, um, I had I actually uh, Lucas Stone had like walked me right into Ideal Image and was like, um, you know, this guy, this is my guy. I know him from New York. You know, give him a shot. And um, you know, they 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 looked at my resume that I had so far. They were like, okay, well. You look like you can do the job, all right. And you know what's your what's your stage name? Because we don't believe um, Motor Monster is actually going to be able to be marketable or be able to work in LA as it works for you in New York. Now, being that, like I said, my name has always been Mo Johnson, and Motor Monster was the name that actually I earned from performance by directors and by you know people in the, in the market. I kind of didn't want to let that go because it was like, you know, I earned this name. I didn't make this up. This is something that I earned from starting at the bottom and being aggressive and being demanding and making things happen. So I earned that name. And, you know, I sat back for a week and I had, you know, I really thought about it. And a couple of my close friends at the time was like, man, you know, we came with a whole bunch of funny new names I should come up with. And I just said, nah, I, I, I can't. Like, that's not me. I'm Mo. They know me as Mo. I'm going to stick with Mo, you know, I, um, it happened to be, like I said, like I said, everything just happened to fall right into place. So like literally the week after I did that first glory hosting for pay, um, I ended up running into, um, a guy that was actually doing a website for my boys that, um, they were doing the monkey bars and they, he was basically cutting up a, a scene for these guys and, I looked at the scene and I seen it was Austin Taylor. And I'm like, oh, I worked with her before. So he like turned around and he's like, you, your talent? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I, like, I actually own the scene with her, you know, with, with Austin Taylor. He was like, well, what is your name? So I thought back to what they told me that I did. I'm like, oh, uh, Mo Johnson. So, you know, he shook my hand and was like, uh, well, my name's Scott and um, I would like to be your agent. And I was like, whoa, I needed an agent. So I said, sure. I said, no problem. So off of just a handshake, um, he, he accepted me and my agent. It was, I remember Claire's day, was, it was a Friday night. And, and the ironic part about it was right after we agreed that he, he would represent me, I had got a phone call from the vice president at the time of Monkey Bars, who actually had an additional um, penthouse apartment that was in Hollywood. And he was like, um, well, if you want to rent, instead of paying for these hotels, if you want to rent the apartment from me, it's, you know, it, it'll only be this much. So I was like, well, hold on. 
and one day I just got an agent and a place to stay that's affordable, it must be meant to be. So I got another chance um, the following week. I got a call back from Billy Watson at Dolphart, and he, he told me, um, come back in. I want you to do uh, a gangbang scene. Now, coming from New York, you know, a lot of the guys, um, other than like some of the veterans, a lot of the guys that, that I, I was attempting to work in those um, gangbang scenes would, would never be able to really fully perform. So I never really had the experience of doing an actual gangbang. So that concept alone was new to me. So I, I was like, I, I don't think I, I, I want to do that. And a good friend of mine, um, uh, the husband of um, Natasha Stark, he was like, Mo, it's different out here in LA. If they're going to book you for something, do it. Like, don't don't say you can only do boy girl. Like, don't limit yourself because work out here for new guys is scarce. So I called back. I called back Billy and I said, "All right, I'll take a shot at it." So he says, "Fine. This is the date. Come through." So at this time, I spent the whole week in between just working out, not talking to nobody, I really didn't know nobody, and I just stayed in my room or, or, or my my apartment at the time and was just working out, working out, working out, working out, working out, working out. And through the time, so I was mentally trying to build myself up for um, being able to do a game bang because in my mind, I'm like, every time I did a game bang, it ended up, you know, not going through or ended up me being the only one and everybody standing and watching me. And I didn't like that. So I'm thinking small time because I'm thinking New York. So I come through and um, the first person I see when I get out the cab is Jack Napier. So I'm like, oh man, I don't think, you know, I don't think I'm going to be the big fish. I think I'm going to be the little fish. And I think the scene ended up being Jack Napier, Lucas Stone, uh, at the time the new guy, uh, John, John Johnson, and um, Charlie Mack. And it was, it was six of us. And, you know, I, I, I nailed it. I rose, I rose to the occasion. I nailed it. Um, Billy was surprised. Most of the, the male talent was surprised I was on set because they knew that, you know, it was kind of our audition scene. And, um, I mean, we went in and like literally because I had no sex, I did not, and I did not masturbate or anything throughout that whole basically week and a half time frame. I mean, my pop shot literally covered half the girl's body. So, uh, um, Billy, Billy Watson was like, Oh my God, like, this guy got a hell of a pop. So then he was able to say, okay, well, I'm going to give you, um, more opportunities. So, you know, he booked me, I think, maybe a month out after that to come back and do something else. And, um, you know, being with the agent that I um, that I had just recently, um, you know, got involved with, he was able to get me um, into uh, Little Hardcore and Bang Bros. He then got me in an audition scene um, with Brazzers. And this was all, like, in the first month. So I'm, I'm like, you know, almost still kind of starstruck because I'm like, wow, like, I never even thought all this would happen and it happened so quick that, you know, I kind of just had to like jump right into the seat and, and start driving. And I said, everything else kind of just fell into place. Instead. Like it's just been, you know, I had opportunities and I've always, you know, rose to the occasion uh, and completed the scene and, and did what I had to do and, you know, just build my reputation to where now, you know, that, um, you know, that they say tried and true, um, as far as being a reliable uh, male performer in the industry. And that certainly is what you have been, man. I mean, your career has been phenomenal since you moved to 
the the West Coast. Are you at all surprised at how quickly your career has taken a turn for the better, like literally skyrocketing since you moved to uh, the West Coast? Uh, I mean, I look at it as, you know, if, if you're into music or fashion, then New York is where you have to be, you know, or Paris or Tokyo or Milan or whatever the case is. If you're dealing with porn, you have to be in LA, you know? So my, my biggest thing was to not lose myself as far as who I am and who I developed my character to be, um, you know, as a performer, because you know, I shot a lot of stuff on my own. So, you know, Fortunately, you know, um, Billy, Billy Watson is a very open-minded um, director and he would allow me to improv or to kind of add my own kind of New York uh, feel. And he also encouraged me, you know, to stay with my shade and stay with the actual Motor Monster name and not try to change who I am or what I've developed myself into being because I was you know, on the West Coast. So, I mean, a lot of his encouragement in the beginning, it, it, at first it was kind of, you know, I knew some companies was not booking me because of, you know, I still kind of had the stigma of the monster, um, you know, reputation because of what I was shooting with them. But there was a couple of directors that, you know, seen the talent and not thought of, you know, the stereotype or how I was acting. And they took it for what it was that it was acting. It's not me as a person it's me as a character that I've spent three years in New York developing, you know? So, I mean, a lot of the members on the actual Dog Fart Network actually, uh, you know, took a liking to that. And I just tried to, you know, every time I would shoot, I wanted always to add on to it or enhance the, um, you know, the, the performance level to kind of fit more into that uh, Motor Monster uh, name. But I mean, literally my first, I think first maybe eight months, I was almost going through a battle within myself because it's like some companies wanted me as Mo Johnson, they wanted me cool, clean cut, not loud and launchy, but there was other sites at the time, you know, they wanted me to play into the stereotypical black man role of being a thug and a gangster. So he actually was encouraging me to, you know, be more aggressive and play that, play that, that, that role up more. So, you know, it was kind of rocky for me. And I know some of my things, the first year here was like a little consistent. Some wasn't, but it was still me mentally trying to fine tuning how to go from being a character as Mo Johnson and then being a character as Mo the Monster, you know? So I think as the second year kind of kicked in and, you know, I still felt that I wasn't getting enough um, respect from the industry. But then when the nominations had rolled in um, for AVN and for Expos and I was nominated for Best Male Newcomer on, on both, then that's when I realized I think they're starting to respect me. And it, it kind of took me to another level to where now I wanted to develop just me, period. Not just performance off camera, I mean on camera, but actually how I act and conduct myself off camera. So um, I was very fortunate um, uh, last year at the award show um, to get great seats. Um, I had Peyton Sinclair as my uh, my date, and um, and we you know we had a good time at the award show, whatever, whatever. And uh, following that. 
I got a phone call from um, my agency at the time. I had switched over to Ideal um, in October of the first year. And they had got a phone call from Jonathan Morgan that works with um, a Wicked. And they said, you know, we have this big movie coming out with Samantha Saint, and we want to use Mo as one of the guys in the scene. So, I mean, at this point, I'm starstruck again because I like, I literally just seen her um, hosting the AVN show, and I seen her walking around and stuff, and I'm like, wow, she's hot. And um, I'm like, let's, you know, of course, I'm on. And they decided to put me in the scene where it was going to be a gangbang, which was cool because I had enough practice um, with, you know, some other companies as well as Dogfart um, doing gangbang. So, I mean, I, that was more at that time, more of my lane or my specialty because I actually got good at doing gangbangs. So you know, it was, it was um, Prince and it was John John and myself. And, you know, we, we did the damn thing. So a lot of people kind of started to catch the notoriety of the Motor Monster because they kind of, um, you know, they, they, they kind of challenged me a little bit in the beginning, you know, like, like Motor Monster, that's a big name to live up to, you know? And I mean, like within, I will say like the, the first uh, 15 minutes of, of shooting, they, they seen how, how aggressive I was and how I came in and, you know, uh, uh, the three of us are just going back to back to back and we're switching her and we're throwing her this way and throwing her that way. And, um, you know, it's okay, we're going to take a quick break. And, um, you know, he looked over at me and he said, yeah, we're going to call you the monster. And I, and I was like, damn, I like, thank you. I appreciate that. And, you know, and they put that, um, as my name, um, during the promotion and as well as on the DVD as Motor Monster. So, um, for those who like was following me from New York, that was like, damn, like Mo made it. And he made it as Motor Monster and not, you know, Mo Johnson or whatever, whatever name that, you know, people wanted me to change to. So like for me, that, that's, more of the thing that you know that hits me the, the most is because like coming out here i really wanted um the acceptance of some of the veteran um male and female talent you know because these are the ones with you know the forefathers of setting up things where it is how you know the the interracial and how some of these things are now being done so for me that because just to be on set with with Prince and, and, and John John, that alone was just an honor. And then I got a, a beautiful, beautiful bombshell blonde. I mean, it was like, it was a no-brainer. Even with a condom, you know, I was I was good to go. And, um, you know, and it, you know, it was a good scene. I mean, for me, personally, I think it was, uh, it definitely was one of the biggest movies that i ever done um, in my in my career so far, as far as with marketing and promotion-wise, because it did have like a full-page ad. And, um, because of the performance, I mean, I know they had uh, hundreds of pictures they probably could have chosen, but my picture uh, with Samantha Saint was actually chosen to be on the box cover. So that even made me even more, you know, like damn, like man, I really, I'm really, I'm really feeling this. And that was kind of like that was the spark. Like that was the spark that hit me. That was like, okay, now I'm on. Now people are watching. I don't want to let myself or my fans down. And then that's when I started really going into my character more and more and more. And, you know, the scenes that was coming following that was, was, was the proof.
You know, like I could, we we've done a lot of great stuff, especially the, um, with the blow gangs and gangbang stuff for dog fart. You know, and you know, like I said, now now I gotta say it's just another day at the office, man. Absolutely, man. So after working so hard in New York on the East Coast in adult productions, and now experiencing the West Coast and Porn Valley. What's your opinion on the difference in how both coasts shoot their porn productions? Mm, well, I would say, like, out here, because, I mean, I've been here for a while now. Um, you know, obviously, technology of the cameras has improved. Um, but it's more like out here, it's more of a nine-to-five, you know, business to the T. And out there, it's more, this is our side hustle. Like, you know, the, the producer... You know, has a day job, and you know, you we'll, we'll shoot at night or we'll shoot on the weekend, and it's more of a, like a more of a hobbyist kind of thing. Um, but out here, you know, this is this is strictly strictly business. You know, checks, not cash. Um, you know, sometimes it's a big company, you get payroll, you know, they take taxes out. So this is like this out here is more of a, like a nine to five situation opposed to out there where you know if, if I if I was able to get. Um, you know, seven scenes in a month, you know, that, that was, that was damn good. That was doing damn good. You know, even if it was content scenes, that was still doing damn good because a lot of the companies could not get these amateur girls to actually, um, you know, follow through. So, I mean, the benefit of it being, um, you know, having a, a good, a good mouthpiece to be able to talk to people, I was able to talk a couple of girls into actually trying it out and getting into the industry. And, you know, doing doing things for smaller companies for a decent amount of money because their their reach wasn't really that far. So it wasn't like, you know, I'll do this scene and the world's going to see it tomorrow. You know, some of these sites or some of these DVDs is really kind of just more local than anything. Um, but, you know, obviously, you know, when you deal with L.A., now you have everybody watching you. So, like, everything you do, you know, it, it's really up to the matter of, how the director shoots it and how the editor, you know, either needs to fix it or has to fix it. You know what I'm saying? To kind of keep the continuity of the full scene. So, I mean, it's definitely, I mean, it's definitely a difference um, in quality, I would, I would say. But I, I was fortunate to run into a couple of, um, you know, amateur directors and producers um, on the East Coast that did spend a good amount of money or, um, pay somebody that did have knowledge with working with some of the top cameras to shoot uh, scenes, you know, to a, to I would say a higher pro amateur level. You mentioned in an earlier answer the reason why the name change happened from Mo the Monster to Mo Johnson. What the hell happened to the shades? I, I still I still wear them. Um, I mean, all prescription glasses. That's what a lot, of, like a lot of people. They always say I'm trying to be cool. It's just like you know, I'm blind. I wear, I wear, I wear glasses. But if I'm gonna wear glasses, I, I'm, you know, I have a certain style to me, and I want to wear something that's gonna fit into my style. So, you know, a lot of people take it different. You know, oh well, you're hiding your face or you're hiding your eyes, and I want to see your eyes. And it's like I understand that, but since a kid. It's like, I don't like putting anything into my eyes. You know, I don't want to put a laser in my eye. I don't want to put contacts in my eyes because, you know, if something goes wrong with my eyes, I can't see. 
and I need to see, like, you know, so that was mainly where a lot of people was kind of like getting at me because they're like, okay, Mo, you know, you're doing a lot of stuff now, you work for a lot of big companies and, you know, you can't always wear the shades, but it's like, they're not really just for a style. They actually are serving me a purpose, you know, like, I mean, I would, I would hate to go on scene or set and, um, you know, take take my glasses off per se to to accommodate you know what they want and you know it's supposed to be a, 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 a vaginal scene and you know I'm I'm sticking it in you know the wrong hole you know these things can happen like I'm really that blunt so you know I'm I'm, I'm trying to work with it you know I mean according to um, you know what the director um, asks of me or sometimes even if it's a female and you know she really feels more comfortable with me taking them off then I will take them off. You know, but I, I don't just take them off for every single scene or for every single company that I work for, because it all, you know, for me, it all depends on the continuity of the footage that they're shooting. Like if it's something elegant or something classy, like uh, when I worked with Adam and Eve, um, both times, they, they allowed me to wear it for the box cover pictures. But as far as when it comes to the video, they would they would ask me to take them off, and and I will respect that because of the level of the company of Adam and Eve. Um, you know, same situation when I had worked um, with Penthouse and also with a couple of Japanese companies. They said, um, you know, you have to take your, your jewelry off, you have to take your glasses off, take your socks off. Like they don't care who you are unless you are a veteran. You know, like Jack or or, or Shane or you know Alex or somebody that's been around for years that that earned that, that, that right to have some type of originality, then cool. But they, they really honestly was the ones that kind of made me wake up a little bit to say, you know what, maybe I am, um, you know, making more of a, a bigger deal of wearing um, my glasses during the scenes than I need to because of the fact that the scenes is not about me. The scenes is about the woman. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, for me to make it a big deal is, is only, you know, making it look like my ego is bigger than, than where it really is. But like I said, in all honesty, this is me needing to wear my glasses because I need to see. But it, has, it really has nothing to do with me trying to hide anything or, uh, you know, low self-esteem or any anything that, you know, people may or may not try to subliminally put out there to try to mess with my head. You know what I'm saying to come at me because I've I've been in several situations, um, you know, where people publicly uh, try to attack me because you know, you, you know I'm working for so many companies at the same time and I'm, I'm I'm doing so much stuff on my own that you know people don't really want you to win, or if they or if you win they want you to win with them or they want you to win how they want you to win, and you know with me it's like I didn't come here with a crew of people. I came here by myself and, you know, a lot of my friends from the East coast, you know, came and they went home and, you know, they tried again and, you know, it is what it is. It's like, you know, some people can do this full time and some people can't, you know? So I realize now that I am at a point where I have to adapt even more because of the fact that, you know, I'm becoming more and more, um, not to say I'm a, a celebrity or anything, but I'm starting to become more well known for doing porn. Like I mean, several times like I don't I guess I sold my dream car when I left New York, so I actually travel 
Um, sometimes if, it, if it's a long distance trip uh, or I have to go with way downtown LA, I will actually take uh, a public transportation or whatever and kind of get a chance to get the feel of the people of LA. And I think that doing that kind of gives me more inspiration because I get to actually appreciate the fact that I'm not in New York, that I'm not where I'm from. And it's a different level, you know, it's a different type of people. The people out here, they, they, they talk different. Uh, their, their mannerisms are different, you know. So it, it still kind of keeps me in touch with reality of, like, I'm making it, but I'm not there yet. You know, like, I, I don't want to have that, that feeling of being comfortable like I made it because I didn't make it yet. You know, in my eyes, these, these are still just the early years, right? and, and there's going to be more and better stuff to come in the future. Definitely, man. I can't wait. I mean, you've been doing the damn thing, and as you've been doing the damn thing, something that I think is quite evident in your transformation from Mo the Monster to Mo Johnson is an actual physical transformation your physique has transformed in the time that you've been on the west coast was that a change that you felt was needed what do you feel that change has been attributed to i mean me personally i'm a perfectionist and you know being a perfectionist being a scorpio like all these all these combinations just kind of makes you kind of builds up a, a narcissistic character you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I'm, I, I'm seeing myself on this thing or, you know, uh, fans will, will tweet pictures, you know, and, and, and some people are evil. Some people will say what it is, you know, and some people will look at it as nobody's perfect. And, you know, as long as you come on set and, you know, you're, you're, you're rock solid and you can deliver a scene, that's fine. But, you know, some of these bigger companies, you have to stick the bill because, you know, these girls want to, work with a man that they feel more attracted to. They want to have the, the, the same stimulation that I want to have. Like, you know, she's a hot girl. She wants to be working with an attractive male. So it was probably a little bit of both of me just trying to look better myself because I want to look better. And then being out here in L.A., um, with the weather being so nice, I mean, you know, they have like Running Canyon and, um, you know, they have Defenders Beach and stuff. So with so many different uh, natural um, environments where people hang out and get together, but everything is all about fitness, fitness, fitness. Everybody eating sushi, you know, it's not, it's not about burgers and fries out here. You know, it's more of people living in a certain uh, manner of health. So I, I'm really just honestly just kind of keeping up with the you know the people that's in my circle because they're all uh, fitness gurus and you know foodies. So you know we find or we look up or research um, you know different restaurants that's not too high uh, with fat and calories, and you can still you know eat affordable and, and have good food because you know what what we put in our body is what comes out. So when I'm on set with a girl, you know if I'm eating some junk some junk food that's not really giving me uh, the right, the right uh, nutriment um, to my system, they're going to taste that. And, you know, like I said, this industry may, um, it, it's run basically um, by females because, you know, the females are who um, the audience is catering to. So if a girl is saying, oh, I work with him and, you know, his thing t it tastes like glue or it was mad thick and nasty, you know, 
that may hinder me from being a, a, a scene later on with that same girl or maybe one of her close friends because when she went home, she went and told him about it. Oh, I, I, I don't work with that guy. So, I mean, you want to keep yourself cleansed. Like when I, when I go on set, you know, if I, if I smoke a cigar or whatever the case may be um, prior to shooting, I make sure I come with my bag. I have my, my toothbrush, uh, my toothpaste, mouthwash. You know, I shower before and after every scene, you know, and, and treat it professional. Like, I don't want to smell any, uh, you know, you know, erogenous scents uh, during the performance. And I know the girl doesn't. So, you know, it's just a matter of, of courtesy um, to everybody, including um, the cameraman uh, and sometimes the cameraman and director, because, you know, they smoke too. I mean, that's like the referee in the ring. That's the third man. He's right there. You know what I mean? So just to respect out of everybody, it's like, you know, I want to be in the best physical health. I want to be cleansed, you know, cleansed properly and mentally prepared to deliver a scene. So when all three of those things uh, are in line to me mentally, then that's the go ahead to now go give it a hundred percent because I know I cover my basics. So once I cover my basics, now I can think creatively to do things or positions or angles or try things that most people uh, or most other male performers um, are not doing, you know, and that's what kind of makes me uh, stand out a little bit more um, in my performance. Nice, man. I love that you're sort of looking into everything. I think being a perfectionist sort of suits you, especially in this industry, because, I mean, that's how you're going to make it to the top. I mean, that's how you have risen as fast as you have. I mean, you could kind of say that maybe it's taken a while, I mean, because you have this incredible career that you had on the East Coast, but as far as once you move to the West Coast, I mean, it's, it's been pretty fast, your rise, which uh, is very impressive, Mo. I appreciate that, brother. You're welcome. That. Now, something that I want to ask you to describe is your fuck style. So let's pretend someone's tuning in right now that has never seen a Mo Johnson scene. Can you describe your fuck style for them? Okay. I mean, I I, I normally uh, try to keep it as natural as possible and comfortable as possible. So I, I'm aware of the size. Um, and, you know, according to the girl, I mean, if it's a girl that's uh, been in the industry for a while, and especially if she's known for working with, um, you know, well-endowed black men, and she can handle it, then, you know, I, I would start um, just gentle as far as just to uh, break penetration. But then, like, once I'm in there, then it's basically uh, a rhythm. You know, build, we build a certain rhythm. Um, where I will, I'll, I'll start kind of slow, gradually build it up to like a climax point. Um, once I feel that uh, she's naturally um, starting to, to succumb, then that's when the walls open up for me. And then now I can have the, 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 the liberty to really go in aggressive and then start to really play with the different angles. So it's usually like it's usually kind of a roller coaster because it's like I'll I'll build it up and then I bring it back down and then I bring it back up and then I bring it back down again and then it gets to a point where um, you know then it depends on how they want me to finish the scene if they wanted a cream pie or if they wanted to uh, you know um, you know blowjob the pop or what they say is uh, fuck the pop then for me I mentally will prepare myself okay well this is when at this time when I go all the way up keep keep it there. And then, boom, you know, pop shot, end of the day, you know? 
You're actually leading me to my next question. Now, for those that are tuning in and maybe they didn't get the chance to tune into uh, the first interview that you did on the station, can you hook them up with the right number? How much is Mo Johnson packing? <laughs> it's, it's like I, I still I, I, I honestly have never really like tried to put a ruler next to me, um, but like it has variations. Um, use anywhere between like 10 and a half to around 12, 12 and a half inches or kind of according to how excited uh, the female that I'm working with um, gets me. So like if it's a girl, like, like in my mind mentally that I know um, if there was no cameras around, it was just me and her, I, I would still dig her to that level. She'll get the full Monty. And, you know, and if her body is willing to be able to take the, you know, the, uh, the pound in, then once I reach that 100%, they'll stay there. Because some girls, their body just can't handle it. And naturally, um, my size will um, adapt to whatever they're, 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 they can handle. You know, because my, my thing is I don't want girls um, to be, you know, walking off set bleeding or they can't work for a couple of days because... You know, I'm just ramming them like a, like a power drill, you know. So what I try to do is I actually, um, like I tell some of my other um, younger, um, you know, male talent that I work with on sets is, you know, not to, um, you know, fuck her with your body, but fuck her with your dick. Because, you know, we're, a lot of us are big, are big buff guys and a lot of these girls are very petite in size. So, you know, you got a, a 200 pound guy you know, it's just, uh, 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 you know, it's not going to be enjoyable for her and it's going to turn her off on the whole idea of, you know, working with uh, a big black cop, especially if she's not, um, you know, like a, 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 a black performer. So, you know, my thing is I put all the weights on me and I put all her weight on me and I allow my Johnson to do what it do. So, it, you know, I mean, it, it, if, it, it, if it's an angle that I can get um, the, uh, the cameraman, where he can he can get a clear or or open or if you say all man shot, then I will spread eagle her and then I'm able to kind of glide in and out slowly, but consistent to a certain, like I said, certain rhythm to where she's is feeling it. I mean, I, guess I have so much experience with sex early in my in my life that you know I I can gauge um if I want to you know pound it or if I want to be sensual and I think that's also a luxury that I do have um as being a performer because I do know how to gauge um my sexual performance to whichever girl that I'm working with let's talk a bit about the pop shot because you mentioned it a couple times in the interview do you do anything in particular to maintain a consistent pop shot? Are you the type of person that watches what he eats? Are you the type of person that abstains from stuff if you know that you have a scene coming up? You know, what goes into the pop shot preparation? Or do you just naturally pop and you don't necessarily worry about preparing for the pop shot for a scene? I mean, truth be told, um, you know, at, at one point I would never really ask um, what kind of scene, uh, what, what, you know, who's the girl working with me or anything. And I would just kind of go in 
just basically go in and, and, and just do it all natural. Um, but now that um, I work with a certain um, level of talent, um, it's more it's, it's more critical thinking involved. So um, I, I've changed my diet. You know, I, I do eat a lot of a lot more sushi. Um, I do eat a lot of steak as far as um, you know, just just chunk steaks. You know, uh, you know, filet mignon and stuff like that, where it's not fatty, but I'm actually still getting a healthy amount of protein. And I eat almonds. And usually, and this is something that I've actually um, implemented into my routine um, as of um, basically my birthday of last year, um, that basically I try abstinence, as crazy as it sounds, but I actually um, do um, not, I try not to have sex um, in between shoots. Um, Just one before, um, because of the health, the health factor. And then also because of the fact that if I wait, let's say if I have uh, three scenes in one week, that kind of gives me a day off in between every scene. So now I can be able to recharge fully, have a full day to recharge um, the protein, and then um, it will deliver. I know, I know with the food that I eat, and maybe I may uh, take a, a, a protein, not a protein shake, but like the, those little naked um, protein boosts or, um, you know, something like a beef jerky or whatever, something light before I go on the set. And it would give me that extra, uh, as they say, uh, blast um, when when it's time for the pop shot. So it, 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 is, it is a lot of critical thinking because even especially like if, like if I know for a fact that I'm going to do like a clean pop scene um, and I know that for that it would take me a little bit more of a mental thought. So by me having, like, sometimes I may even say, give me two days um, prior to the shoot if it's, like, a uh, cream pot scene because now I know that if I don't masturbate, don't have any sex or anything for two days, when I get on set, if the girl blows air on it, I'm going to be on 100% because naturally my body is ready to release, you know? And, and usually that would give me, uh, what is it? if I start off right, then usually the scene would just run through, you know, one take. And that's kind of how you want to keep it because uh, once you have to start stopping and stopping and stopping and starting, then now, you know, the girl gets irritated, the director gets irritated, and then the company, according to what their shooting schedule is, they may not want to um, book you again because, you know, you're going past the time limit that they have on these, you know, locations that they run. So it's, it's all it's, it's a lot it's, it's a lot of critical thinking like a lot of people don't really know how much work um, that's entailed mm-hmm. as a male performer yeah. opposed to a female performer like you know, don't get me wrong female performers they have a whole number uh, you know set of set of things they gotta deal with you know as far as preparation and so on so but, yeah. but once, if you can't you get know, it up there's no scene you know what I'm saying but it's still, you know, it's still, you have to still be able to move. Like, I look at it as dancing with, you know, obviously you're naked. That, and, and that's another good thing with me is because I was, I'm, you know, younger being in the industry and traveling around and, you know, I was able to go to a lot of parties and I was always a good dancer. So, you know, I, I, I'm able to move my body and in certain ways that, you know, when I'm inside the girl, you know, I, and I, I would never know what she's feeling, but as far as, what I'm doing, I know that I'm not just 
coming in like a power drill. I'm actually finessing it and I'm hitting different angles and walls and like, you know, cracks and crevices to they, they body. And, and you feel that. And then when I, as soon as I know that it's real, like if I, if I'm hitting the spot and a girl is shaking or she's, you know, she's saying things to me, like, you know, wild exotic things to me and stuff, then now I'm ready. Now I'm focused. Now I'm, it's like, you know, like some of the directors don't like it when I say this, but it's like, you know, my whole thing really is to kind of like, like they tell me, um, what positions they need up front. You know, we, we go through it, you know, kind of like a football field. We, you know, we, this is the play. I need this, I need that, blah, blah, blah. And then I, I, I just like to, you know, zone out and just me and it's just me and the girl. And, and, and that's when I'm able to perform my best because now there's no, there's no pressure. I'm not thinking of where this scene is going to end up. I'm not thinking about how many people are going to watch it. My main focus at this point is satisfying this woman and making her uh, feel like I'm, you know, the best lover that she ever had, you know? Mo Johnson, Don Juan. <laughs> Mo Johnson is, is the uh, 2015 edition of Don Juan. <laughs> I'm trying, brother. I'm trying. Exactly, man. Okay. Last week, you tweeted something very interesting that I want to talk about. So you tweeted this on March 15th. Hashtag attention, hashtag porn stars, any young Caucasian starlet already in biz that isn't afraid to do a hardcore anal scene with me, please DM this is for paid work. So my question is, are young Caucasian porn starlets running away from you from anal scenes? A, a, a little bit, and you know, it, 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 it's it's that you know, uh, like like I said, originally coming from New York, um, I mean, it was a couple of times where, um, in, in the beginning of my career, I was fortunate that I was able to work with like Cheyenne Jacobs, Sydney Capri, and um, a couple of other other girls that was just like anal queens. So it's like you know, once my you know the tip penetrates, um, you know. The anal, then now you know now it's not a problem. But some girls, you know, when I'm on a hundred, you know, they cannot take it. And then at the same time, it's like okay, especially when you're doing um, you know, the the still pictures. They need you um, to be like sixty-five. Yeah, they they they. It's it's basically like devil's advocate. Like you know, like even the other day when I was on set, you know, it's like the director's telling me, "Mo, I need the bang, bang, bang," and then the girl's like, "Mo, <laughs> like let's bang, I bang, like bang. you, Mo, but please, like, okay, if you're going like you know just to this much, but it's like you know at the end of the day, I have to gauge because you know I can't go too hard on her." To the point where she'll put me on her notice because I've hurt her, you know. And at the same time, I can't like shrink in size to accommodate her because now the director's like, whoa, 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 man! I need the monster. I need, I need you at a hundred because it's not gonna sell for what, what you know, what I'm trying to do. So I gotta kind of gauge it, and you know, I, I try to you know warm up the girl in any ways. You know, I may I may lift the booty a little bit. You know, I may put a finger or two in. You know, um, while she's doing a BJ or, um, you know, if we're if we're doing a uh, vaginal first, you know. But I mean, end of the day, when it when it gets to a hundred, it, it 
it's, it's, you know what I mean? Like, if, if, if anal it's is the point not of your no thing, return. yeah, like, if, if anal is not your thing, it's like, you know, I, I'm not trying to knock myself out of any work, but like, if, 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 if you're not really into anal and you're just doing it for a check, don't, 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 don't shoot with me because I have to, you know, put it in a certain, this, I'm not going to try to put the whole thing in, but I mean, I got to put more just the tips in and you know i have to still be able to work it i have to still worry about the angles of the cameraman so i can't you know i can't i can't not um you know perform um good just to appease her not being able to take it because i mean this is what the scene entails like this is what you was told the scene was going to be so i mean there's a lot of girls that just like nah you know, because they know how forceful I am. But then there's other girls like um that I worked with recently, um, um with Maddie O'Reilly. Um, we did a scene on Bang Bros, and I mean, you know, she was prepared. So her chemistry, my chemistry, and how the setup was, and you know, we had basically it was like on an island in the in the kitchen. So I had a very clear angle perform for the cameraman. And I had a wide open space for her to kind of relax and for me to relax. And I mean, we went in. Like, I mean, she really let me pound, um, you know, pound her ass out. And I mean, a lot of the fans loved it. You know, I've seen a lot of a lot of retweets and posts about it. And, you know, I think our chemistry was so so natural that like we never even met each other um prior to the scene. And I mean, I was literally a hundred percent um, from start to finish, you know, with no problem. And, and it was a point where, um, we was able to leave, like towards the end, I was able to go, you know, from, from badge to anal to mouth to pop. So it was just like, you know, all, all around that, that was what I would call, uh, uh all around good day because it was, you know, my, I, I exercised right. I ate right prior, you know, I had right amount of days off ahead of time. So it wasn't like I was already, you know, like tired or worn out or anything. And, you know, everything was in line the right way and we was able to nail it. You know, it, it was another scene that I um I did with um um Samantha Fox with um the new devils film that, that recently came out, um, Blacked Out Two and um it was with a DP scene. And a a long time in you know, uh, in the beginning, my first year, um I had a problem really being that close to another male performer. But, you know, at this point now, because I've worked with some of these guys uh, so many different times already that, you know, we know what it is like, you know, saying this is a performance, you know, we have our boundaries, we respect each other's boundaries, you know, saying, but I mean, uh, um, myself and and, and Rico Strong, um, we had got such a groove going in um, on her on the DT that, I mean, literally it was looking like a sprinkler system because she's a squirter. So I was in her vag and then he was in, I, mean, no, I think first it was, I was in, I think I was in her vag and he was, and he was in an angle, uh, in an angle. And then it was like, every time I would pull back, it was just, and it, and it was looking crazy. And then like everybody on set was like, Oh shit. Like, but I said, same situation. It's like, when everybody in the room are professionals and everybody in the room, um, you know, conduct themselves as professionals, you know, that's when you start to really get comfortable. And as soon as you get comfortable, now 
the scenes start going more uh, fluent and, 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 and you know, it's, it's a lot less of the stopping and going because you really don't want that stop rule, especially in a situation where you got two guys that got to keep, keep, you know, keep it up and then the angle for the camera to get in there. So it's like once you both are in there and solid and you find that groove that, you, that you're comfortable in, you know, you want to try to keep that DT going as long as you can. And with a girl like her, um, who has so much experience, uh, you know, with angle, I mean, it, it's it. Sam, I, I just suggest you guys check out that video because, I mean, I can tell you about it from my end, but seeing is believing. I mean, I, I said to this day, I think, um, other than this, this the recent um, scene I just did with Rico again, um, with Layla Price for Dog Fart. I mean, I think that's probably, those two probably are um, maybe the two best DT scenes um, that I've done in my career. And that, 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 that's just my personal opinion of the performance. Speaking of being a performer, I'm kind of curious to know, does Mo Johnson at all have aspirations to work behind the camera? Of course. You know, I mean, eventually I want to get to a point where um, I'm shooting my own stuff. I am able to bring in new talent or I'm able to hire some of my boys that I work with um, to, you know, do it, to perform with me or to perform, um, you know, um, for me. And I, I'm, I'm with that. I'm trying to grow. So, I mean, I have a situation where um, my stuff is being put on DVDs. Um, I have another situation where my stuff is being put on, um, you know, hotels and stuff like that in, in 22 countries. So I, I actually kind of already have a production thing, but I'm just not really um, mainly focused on it as much as I maybe maybe I should or, or I, I, I will in the future because I'm still trying to build up my brand and my notoriety with uh, some of these top companies and top girls um, so that my name will be able to stand, um, you know, solid on its own without, you know, have to really hire just the top girls in the industry. I can actually hire new girls or, you know, girls that's, that, that's mid-level and still um, be able to sell uh, a DVD because they know that I'm going to give up a hell of a performance. I like the sound of that. Sounds good, man. In your opinion, as a performer in the business, is there any competition among male performers in the adult industry? I mean, you, you, you got to realize with porn, um, with the amount of pressure that you have to deal with um, between fans, um, between, you know, egos, just being a man, you know, it's always, every, every guy is kind of an alpha male in his own right. So, you know, I can't expect him to think how I think. I can't expect this guy to think how I think. Everybody's gonna think and feel how they want to, and they're gonna play, you know, their cards or their deck and, you know, see how it works for them. You know, I, I know for me being a New Yorker and somebody from the East Coast, you know, we have that hustler, um, you know, mentality, you know, so for me, to work five days a week, whether it's 
in the office for two of those days and in front of the camera for three of those days, you know, but I'm, I'm running around editing or I'm doing this and doing that and trying to make stuff and put stuff together and creating new deals or, you know, negotiating stuff with girls to try to set up shoes. You know, that's just me as a broker that I'm just used to always doing something. Like, you know, a lot of, a lot of guys that's from the West Coast, they have the same hustle ability, but because of how things are, just the environment itself is such a more laid back, comfortable thing. So it's real easy for you to be, you know, you do your job when you're done, you, hey, I'm, I'm laid back, I'm relaxed now, you know? And, you know, with, with me being from New York, you know, we're the city that never sleeps. So, you know, when I'm done shooting, now I'm working on this project. And, you know, I'm working on this now. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to keep working until I, I literally have no energy and I pass out. Like, I'll, I'll pass out before I'll sit down and lay, or lay in my bed and count sheep. You know, I'll be doing something even if it's just me on Twitter or me writing something or me reading something. You know, I'm always, I always want to have my mind um, learning. I always want to be doing something because, you know, it's 24 hours in a day, but I want to make every single one of those hours productive as possible. I like the sound of that, man. Very good answer. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. You know what I mean, man. In your opinion, are there any misconceptions or myths about porn stars that you like to dispel? Basically, you know, in the time that you've been in the business, throughout the six years that you've been in the game, are there any misconceptions or myths about performers that maybe you had prior to joining or maybe you think are common among like fans maybe things people have tweeted you or whatnot that you would like to dispel misconceptions and myths that you would like to dispel i mean it's just with me like i said i've started i started from the bottom um you know a lot of my a lot of my friends and even family at this point um followed me um on facebook and twitter and, and, and and um instagram and it's like you know nobody's perfect you know, like I said, I wasn't born a rich kid. I wasn't born, you know, obviously, you know, dirt poor. But, I mean, everything that I've, I've had in my life that was luxury, um, my family, you know, they made me earn it. You know, like, like my father would always tell me, like, are you a man or are you a woman? I said, I'm a man. He said, okay, well, go make it happen. You know, and... and, and he could have done a lot of things for me um, as far as financially to kind of make me a spoiled brat or, you know, have a lack of luster to hustle and do things. But that wasn't the type of man he wants to raise because I'm, I'm his only son. So he was like, listen, you know, when I was when I was seven years old, he would tell me, hey, pick up these cans and go take those and cash them in or go to the supermarket and, and bag up groceries, you know, so... so I always do what I have to do to survive or to get the things that I want. And, you know, some things that I, I had to do in the past might not have been the best choices, but I was fortunate enough not to uh, get myself in so much trouble that, you know, I, I had to go to jail or I got a criminal record or this, that, and the third. So I thank God, and I was very fortunate, you know what I'm saying? But everybody has to do what they have to do to get to where they have to get to, you know? 
And I'm 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 gonna leave it. I'm gonna leave it like that. <laughs> I'm gonna definitely leave it like that. Tell me something quirky about yourself that most people don't know. Something unique about Mo the Monster Johnson. Ooh, wow. Something unique. I I, mean, I don't know. I mean, literally, I lived, I think, uh, 90% of my personal and um, porn, you know, life and accomplishments um, through social media. Um, I know a lot of fans that kind of, like, jumped on um, as I started working with bigger name girls or with bigger name companies. Um, you know, I'm, I, didn't, I didn't start like how most adult performers, male or female, uh, started started in the industry. So uh, and I, I was telling one of my, my, my boys yesterday, it's like you can literally, if you sit at a desktop, um, you know, you can go back to 2011 or 2009 if your computer um, or your Twitter, you know, whatever would allow you to go that far. And you can literally uh, read my whole my whole story. You can see everything. You can see the girls that I've been with. You can see, you know, the companies that I've worked with and everything. And for me, that's um, what I think makes my story a little bit more unique than most. Because like I, said, I did not start in L.A. I started at the bottom, you know, playing with a handy cam, um, shooting my own stuff, you know, doing different concepts, you know, sometimes I'll play, play off of the whole, um, you know, quote unquote, uh, pimpish kind of image or lifestyle, you know, and, and kind of just playing, playing with the environment um, that I, I grew up around and, and, and also the environment that um, my career originally started. Like I said, I started working around um, you know, I mean, for lack of a better word, but literally it was underground brothels with prostitutes and stuff and strippers. And that's how I was able to meet a lot of girls that was willing to shoot a lot of things with me in the beginning because they was already on that track. So, you know, that's, that's something that a lot of people really don't know. But I mean, that, that's, that is a part of, of my story and it's a part of my history. And it's not to say, um, you know, that I'm trying to be something that I'm not now or I'm trying to change from something that I used to be now. It's just that everything in every aspect of my life um, since, you know, me going to um, high school um, in Manhattan and not. Um, going to a local high school in, in the Bronx that was close, you know, to my, 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 my neighborhood, it, I always had, um, the luxury, I would say now, like I said, looking back of seeing different people, different lifestyles, different class of people and being able to adapt from being in an urban environment to being in a business environment to being around, you know, some of the wealthy people. Um, you know, it, it, for me, I see people. I don't see races. I just see people and how you treat me is how I treat you back. You know, if, if you come in, if you come across to me as a person of disrespect or if I see that there's, um, you know, uh, subliminal intentions or mal intentions from you um, to, to try to, uh, you know, put that um, stigma that you're better than me, you know, then that's, that's something that, that makes me tick. That's those are the things that kind of make me um, go into where now I'm not going to necessarily want to get combative uh, physically, but verbally, 
I will I will let you know, you know what I'm saying? I am not under under anybody, you know, male or female, black or white. You know what I'm saying? I I've partied and hung out and dealt with the best of them and I've also been able to live and go through struggles with some of the worst of people that had the best hearts and intentions inside their heart. You know, so I pass no judgment whether I have a lot of money or I have no money. Because at the end of the day, money is not what makes you who you are. What makes you who you are is your character and your personality. And that's why I feel like God has always um, blessed me and kept me out of certain situations or kept me safe from being in situations that kind of could have jeopardized my whole life because of the fact that the things that I've done, even if they might not have been the best things, they've always had good intentions behind it. And good has always come at the result of it. You know, so like I said, I, I always feel like I'm blessed. And, and I think at this point um, in my career, uh, to be six years in this industry and still growing and still being able to be accepted um, by, you know, majority of the genres of the business, you know, this is this is where I want to be and, and continue to go. So if, if it's a matter of me um, leaving certain stigmas or even trailblazing into new, um, you know, genres of things, then that's that's what it is. Because you never want to stay in one situation. I mean, for all I know, five years from now, I may be like some of the the other porn stars, male and female, that travel to other countries. Like I mean, I limited myself for so long in in New York. And now I'm I'm approaching around the same time being in L.A. So it may be time for me to say, okay, well, you've done New York, you've done L.A. Maybe, maybe I want to know what uh, uh, um, Bermuda's like, or I want to know what Russia's like, or I want to know what Australia's like. I, I, want, I have a passport now. I can travel anywhere. I, I want to I see the world. I don't want to just, you know, have myself um, limited to just only dealing with one um, you know, situation. Like I said, you never put all your eggs in one basket. So you have to, at some point, you have to grow. And it's like, okay, I've conquered here. I'm conquered here. I conquered here. And I continue to conquer. Because I'm never going to be settled in just one particular thing. Because that's not me. My mind thinks about so many other things, man. You know? Like, that's why I said this experience for me just has been totally... I think like one of the best, the best things um, in my life to kind of fully leave the nest and leave my friends and family and, you know, the comfortability of knowing everybody in every section and knowing where to go and knowing what to do to be here. And it's just, I can actually explore and not be in a rush and not, you know, just, just enjoy life, man. Like, real talk. Mo Johnson, international lover. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm definitely working on it. <laughs> that sounds like a DVD title right there. <laughs> or a web series or something. Describe yourself in 10 words or less. Jesus. Um, I don't know. I would say um, funny, ambitious, intelligent, um, humble, at times, <laughs> I guess that's two words now. I lost. Um, and 
don't know. I mean, I'm 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 loving and I'm caring um, to my friends and my family. Man. Yeah. I know I probably went over, but I mean that's pretty much me, man. You know, a bunch of a bunch of flaws wrapped in good intentions. I can I can use that for I think that'll probably fit right in there, right? <laughs> there you go. As we start wrapping things up, I have this list of uh, pop culture oriented questions. It's a set of five. They're going to let your fans know some of your favorites. So the first one is what are five of your most favorite television shows? Mm. Going back from a kid, oh man, wow. Well, I would have to say I used to like, um, I mean, I, I'm an 80s kid, so I mean, definitely. Uh, Family Matters, the the Will Smith show. Um, geez, what are they? What are they? Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I, I'm more of a movie person than TV person. But I'm trying to. Think, I think mean, I I love the show um, Scandal. Um, I don't I don't know if the, um, the House of Cards will be. Well, I guess it is a TV show. It's a yes. TV show on Netflix. So I would say that. And. Um, what if I used to always watch growing up? I mean, I, I know I definitely used to watch Fresh Prince Bullet. That was my joint. And uh, I used to kind of like, um, funny enough, I actually watched a lot of Nick at Night um, as a kid, like uh, Mork and Mindy, uh, even sometimes like the, the Mary Tyler Moore show. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, into, I'm into a lot of um, classic, uh, classical stuff. You know, nice. classic uh, you know, Happy Days, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I used to watch all Shout that. Shout out to Nick at Night and the Mary Tyler Moore show. That's right. MTM, baby. Motor Monster. <laughs> yes. Oh, there you go. Look at that. <laughs> Rhoda's not with Motor Monster, though. But you could you could have had Rhoda back in the day. Oh, man. I actually, what? I actually used to like I used to like Rhoda a little just because uh, she was like, like, you know, Mary was the one that always kind of, you know, was trying to do too much. Like, Mary's like, calm down. You know, Rhoda was just that, you know, I'm going with the flow. Exactly. I, I, I like the girl that says, go with the flow. Rhoda was you gangsta. Know? That's right. And yes. she ain't take no mess. That's exactly. what it is, you know what I mean? Like, I'm cool, but if you cross me, I'm going to get at you. She's you an know? OG. That's right. <laughs> Who are four of your all-time favorite music artists? Um, I would definitely have to go um, Biggie Smalls, Jay-Z, 50 Cent. Um, and then I got at least throw at least an R and B in there. Um, shit, I would have to say R. Kelly with his freaky progress, but definitely um, yes. R. Kelly. <laughs> what are three uh, I, of your most favorite films? Um, all time, I would have to say Coming to America. Um, also I used to um, Boomerang was definitely one of my big movies that I love, and. Um, funny enough, I would kind of say uh, bad, the Bad Boys. I'll have to say the Bad Boys um, series because, like, one, I think one was good and two two was good, but I, I kind of, sometimes, no matter how I feel, I kind of like um, both of them almost the same. I can watch I can watch both of them back-to-back um, anytime. A pussy like this? <laughs> That's boomerang. I Y'all know. didn't know. No, no, I'm saying for the listeners if they didn't. Uh, oh, 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 yeah, yeah. They didn't oh, catch yeah. the reference after oh, bath. Yeah. It's actually crazy because um, recently I was just thinking about that. Um, 
before I left New York, I actually um, tried to do a porn parody of the movie. And um, I actually had like about three scenes um, recorded, but I wasn't able to um, get a lot of the um, the dialogues and, you know, the, the comedy, you know, comedy playoffs between, you know, the different um, male characters and stuff like that. So, I mean, you know, um, after I finished working on my, my cartoon that I'm doing, um, I may actually maybe try to do a parody for that. I don't know. I'm still I'm still in the air on that one, but I may I may actually do one just because I think that I, that was that was one of the movies I seen um, as a kid and how he used to always um, you know play the girls, but then at the end he kind of got a flip flopped on them, but then he still got the girl that he was supposed to get at the end end. You know what I mean? So I kind I kind of like the whole the kind of story of it. In, in, in some ways, I think it, it fits. Um, you know, my life, um, you know, right now a little bit because it's just like, you know, um, he always get the girl, but then one girl got him and then he come, he humbled himself and then he came back and got the girl that he really, he really should have got from the gate, you know? So, you know, I don't know. So I guess I'm always thinking of new things, but that's definitely something I may try to do, um, you know, the next, the next year or so. Sounds like a plan, and certainly that film warrants being like created into a parody as opposed to some of the other films that have become parodies, which we will not mm -hmm. discuss because there are some porn parodies that should have never been made, but that's neither here nor there. Continuing on with this line of questions, what are two foods you can't live without? Mm. Steak. And chicken. <laughs> All right, simple man. That's right. Not That's bad. Right. And what is one of your guilty pleasures? Mm. One of my guilty pleasures. Um, I mean, you know, prior to this whole, this whole, um, you know, save it, save it for the camera, um, you know, thing I'm on this year. Uh, I always kind of like. Um, Three girls at one time, kind of been a little first in mind. I mean, I've had I've had it happen a couple of times um, in my life, and you know, that that's one of the things I, I like to do. You know, <laughs> Mo's greedy. <laughs> Mo is greedy. Speaking of Mo. <laughs> What's next for Mo Johnson? Um, like I said, um, uh, I have a cartoon that I'm working on. Um, it's going to basically kind of be a, a cartoon version um, of kind of like a fictional slash uh, dramatization slash, you know, maybe a little a little of a, a autobiography in certain aspects. Um, that I'm working on from, from I'm doing everything from scratch as far as um you know hiring animators and um cartoonists and you know I'm 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 trying to do something different. I don't want to go into too much details yet because I don't want to kind of spoil it or someone with a bigger budget just jumps to do it before me. But it is something that is in the works. Um, it will be um, premiering originally on um, my website modemark.com, which I've revamped now for the seventh time um 
but it is something now that I do have full control of. Um, I, I do have a, a web designer that is personally doing everything for me. It's just, like I said, I'm, I'm still a small um, company. So, um, you know, we're doing it to where it's going to be integrated um, with clips for sale, um, opposed to doing some of the standard um, regular membership sites mm -hmm. because, you know, not all of those um, are as profitable as they used to be. And it's a lot of maintenance and upkeep, you know, that you have to put out. Um, and sometimes it takes a few years um, before you actually start um, making a, a decent uh, profit on it. So um, the site definitely, definitely coming out um, this year, but it's under full control of me. Um, the cartoon, um, I have a couple of DVDs that's going to be coming out. There's one that just came out last month um, under Black Market um, called Vanilla Killers, which was, my, I guess, my first official, official um, directorial debut. Nice. Um, Congratulations. With, I, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and that's, you know, that's with um, scenes that I've shot from when I first came to LA and also um, some scenes that I've done um, back in New York. So I kind of have some of some of the girls that people know now, but I kind of have them when it was a little bit newer and fresher. I mean, not fresher, but just newer and younger um, than now. So, you know, it's more some, some, raw, some raw talent, some of it a little bit aged, but... Like I said, if you've never seen it, it's still new to you. So There you go. So, <laughs> so it features scenes with Buff Mo and Husky Mo. Yes. I'm just, I'm teasing you, man. I'm teasing you because of your answer about being a perfectionist. I am not, I, you know, I've learned to take criticism. If I've not learned anything from last year, I have learned to be able to take criticism and not allow it, you know, to get under my skin because, you know, everybody has an opinion. And, you know, you respect their opinion, and that's what it is. You know? There you go. You I was to, just teasing, though. <laughs> I know you were. But, but on, on, the, on the jokey side, though, um, definitely, you can tell the difference. You can always tell the difference of the, of the time when my movies um, was shot from the glasses. Like, if, if I got mm -hmm. the big bug-eyed Prada glasses, you know that was definitely New York days. Um, if you see me with the uh, the Gazelles, um, you know that's L.A., and some of them, some of some scenes I have is like I have kind of like the little square square box glasses. Those are like early, um, early early days, like back you know 2010, um, 2011, and stuff like that. So I mean, honestly, my career kind of every year kind of changed the glasses up a little bit. So you can kind you can kind of tell from what glasses I'm wearing, <laughs> um, what. What year in my career with that scene starting? <laughs> Not no ego. I'm just just a, just a hint to fans who like you know pay attention to details and stuff like that. Absolutely, man. How can your fans reach you? Where can they find you? All the web, social media, all of the goodies. Okay. Um, if you like inspirational, you know, posts, you can check me out on Instagram, which is Mo the Monster. 13, all one word, that's M-O-E, and it's an E-R, monster. And also, you can catch me on Twitter at Mo underscore the underscore monster, like the energy drink. Fantastic. And yeah, that's it. Yeah, pretty much. 
Awesome, man. Well, this does bring us to the end of our interview. Is there anything that you would like to say to your fans and supporters tuning in right now? Um, I appreciate, you know, you guys um, supporting me from day one. You know, those who've been around from the New York days, um, those who kind of, you know, became fans as I've been in L.A., I appreciate you guys for keeping me um, being recommended and keeping me working out here with being so much um, great talent in the pool. You know, so I, I definitely appreciate that, you know, with the tweets and the favorites and the mentions. And, you know, I appreciate all that because, you know, without you guys, um, you know, even with the criticism, without you guys getting on me, I would not fight or push myself to go as hard as I know I can to be the best that I can in this industry. So I give you guys much love and much respect. Awesome, man. Well, I certainly want to thank you so much, Mo, for coming back and doing a brand new interview or one-on-one interview here on Papi Chulo Radio. Your career has been phenomenal, man. Like, I am so happy that things have gone so well for you since you moved to the West Coast. And certainly the door's open, man. I know it's been a while since we did the last interview, but uh, we'd love to have you back on and so you can fill in the listeners, fans, and supporters out there on what you've been up to. Definitely, man. If any any time you know you want me to come in, or even if just a you know a phone call, yeah, you know just to say what's up, and you know understand. I, I've always I always show love to the fans and the the real supporters who support me, because like I said, you in particular, and you know a few others in the New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut um, area. You know, if it wasn't for you guys, um, always you know look looking looking out for me or. Um, you know, helping me or even just retweeting or, or posting uh, a follow Friday for me uh, on Twitter. You know, it's always been something to keep my name uh, relevant and, and the top, you know, um, entertainers in this business. So I definitely appreciate that. And, you know, I mean, I, I, anytime you need me, you know, I, I'm always I'm always willing to come in and, you know, do whatever um, to help out with the show and, you know, Show love to the fans, man, anytime. Sounds like a plan. And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning in to One on One with Poppy Chulo. Tune in for brand new episodes of One on One with Poppy Chulo every Wednesday and Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. You can download this episode and many more by visiting poppychuloradio.com forward slash archives. Registered users will gain access to the Poppy Chulo Radio archives of previously aired broadcasts. If you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com. Follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com forward slash poppy chulo radio and like us on facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash poppy chulo radio with that mo johnson and i would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night good night listeners peace